Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Lake podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. I'm your host, Cheyenne Bearson, and today we have Jennifer McGuire on with us. Today, we're going to discuss kayak fishing for flounder. Jen, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. How are you? I'm doing great. Beautiful weather out. Awesome day to get outdoors. Um, can you give us a brief overview of yourself? Okay, so I'm in East Texas area. I mainly actually fish for bass fish in this area, but I've gotten really salty here lately and I go red fishing, um, but I'm all out of a kayak. I do red fishing, trout, flounder. I fish out of a kayak out of the country of Panama. So I'm, I'm everywhere and I fish out of Florida. I fish the rivers. I'm everywhere. A little bit of everything. That is so awesome. So how often are you able to get out and go kayak fishing? Here lately, it's been a little bit harder to get out, but usually at least once every once a week, once every two weeks. I'm actually pretty often on the water. That's really great. So that's what you've been up to lately, huh? Just going out and tearing it up. Oh, yeah. It's been really nice, especially with this weather change, because right now I'm a bit bass fishing. I'll be heading to the coast in November and doing a little bit of red fishing down there. Right now, bass, they're changing a little bit from the, the deep, deep water. They're kind of coming up because it's getting cold off. So That's awesome. And you're kayak fishing for bass also? Yes, I do bass fishing a lot. Yeah, I do tournaments too with bass fishing in this area. And then again, I travel and do the rivers too. I fish out a kayak in the rivers around here. That's so good. So how has the fishing been in Texas? Is it just bass right now or are you hitting other species up as well? So mainly right now I have in my area, I've been doing bass fishing and been uh, starting to head down to the coast, do a little bit of uh, floundering and going to be doing red fishing too. Yeah, I did a lot of that last year and it was a lot of fun. I've had, I'm hoping to head back down. Good. I look forward to seeing what you catch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how, like, can you give us a little bit of insight on kayak fishing? What is it and why is it a popular method for anglers? Oh, it has it has exploded. I think uh, everybody I know right now, instead of even getting boats, they're going kayak. Uh, one, I think the advantage is just being able to throw it in your truck and head to the water. You're not having to worry about fueling up. You're not having to worry about, you know, finding the perfect boat ramp to be able to put your boat in. You're able to throw into any body of water at any time that you want to get into. And then also, once you're on the water, because I fish both, I, fi- I fish out big boats like yellow fins in the ocean to pongas, uh, big 21 foot skeeters. But when you're at a kayak, you're just so close to nature. You can really come up on some great fish. Uh, and I think the advantage is just being like more stealthy to where you can get into areas that boats can't even dream about getting into, especially even on the Texas coast, getting into those marshy, marshy areas where redfish are telling and those boats are back here and they're not getting there, but I am. Good for you. So I don't do much kayak fishing, but you mentioned the advantage of being able to just toss it in your truck. What is the weight of your kayak? So my kayak without anything on it, it's about 80 pounds. So it is a little bit on the heavier side, but I can take this. It's very sturdy where I can be in the river fishing in it. I can be in the ocean. I've been out in the middle of the ocean kayak fishing with big swell. Um, And then also it can handle some good like, you know, white capping on the lake. I can still stay in the kayak without flipping. That's great. So for our listeners who might be interested in getting into this, do you have a fishing kayak specifically or can they go out with any kayak so yeah that's kind of like a two-part one so my kayak is designed um, more for fishing it is a hobie outback is what i'm in 
But I try to make sure that people don't get discouraged because sometimes when you see those prices of some of these big fishing ki- company or the big name kayaks, you start getting like, well, I can't afford that. But we all started off in like a Pelican from Walmart. We first like threw our kayak in the back of our trucks. Like it's really kind of wonky. And you're like, okay, am I going to be able to do this? <laughs> that is how most people I know started off kayak fishing. So that's where I was like, like, you don't have to spend like $3,000 on a kayak to get out there and kayak fish. You can go get that Pelican, learn the basics, see if this is something you really want to get into and then work for like, if you do want to be in like a Hobie or a Jackson or a Lightning kayak, I'm not any brand specific to any, I'm not partnered up with any of them. There's some great kayaks out there. There's demo days for people who want to get into kayak fishing. I know here in Texas, Mariner sells, he has uh, demo days quite often. So if you ever want to get into a kayak and figure out which one may work best for you, definitely hit up a demo day to figure it out. I love that they give the opportunity for people to go try different ones because it is a stressful buying decision. And what if you buy one and you're like, I don't like this one, it's too heavy, or I wish I'd have gotten a little bit sturdier. But I love that you pointed out that most people start off in a Walmart kayak or just like a, you know, Facebook marketplace. So it's really the passion behind it that gets you out. And then as you go, you can figure out what you like and don't like and how to improve. Right, exactly. And, you know, the more that they're adding to these kayaks, I know people who have kayaks that they're loaded up and it's like a $20,000 setup, which sounds insane for a kayak, but they have the trolling motors, they have the spot lock, they have the, uh, the, all the graphs that you can imagine. They have everything rigged up. But again, I've been out and this is me kind of bragging on myself. I've been out there when those guys have everything and I'm pulling in the same big fish that they are. So you don't have to have every bit of that. Most of the times I don't even run a graph. I want to know how deep of water I'm in, but I'm not side scanning. I'm not looking at a screen saying there's a fish. I'm just like, pull up to a spot. I know it's fishy. I'm casting and I'm ripping out monsters. So you're just going off instinct and getting the job done. That is, that's the best feeling. It, it really is because of how there's so much like, it's almost like a, a video game. I feel like sometimes with fishing, which is great. Like people, it's a lot of fun to do it that way. I've been in there where you have like, you know, live scope where you can see the fish, you can see it drop, you can see everything. But I still love this surprise of like, oh my goodness, what is it? But I guess that's where the salty <laughs> side has came into my life a lot more is really when you're salty, you have no idea what you're about to catch. <laughs> so it is a, always that surprise with uh, saltwater fishing more than bass. That's so true. And what, uh, how long have you been kayak fishing? So I started kayak fishing about five years ago. And before then I was in a bass boat. So for our listeners, five years for you to like be able to dial in on those fish, it seems like a long time, but in the fishing aspect, it's not too crazy long to be intimidated by. Like you can go out there and start your trek and get right into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of practice and figuring it out. And there's still so much to learn with bass fishing or with any kind of fishing. I, I'm more, like I said, more specific to bass fishing than any other, but I'm branching out and learning new techniques for other fish. And that's like getting salty, trout fishing in rivers, uh, just exploring the bodies of water around me. But yeah, it takes time to be able to throw it in your truck get to the water and really dial in like what are these fish doing it's a lot of homework it is you can't just go out there and throw a worm and be like maybe like you've got to really pay attention to like what the fish want how the water temperature depths all that right there does make it make the trips better whenever you learn all those (laughs) things 
Yeah, you got to live it and love it to dial in. You mentioned that you've been exploring more on branching out into saltier things. What species have you been targeting lately? Lately, with um, plants so right this year coming up more so, I'm trying to get dialed in more on the flounder side. Last year, I caught a few flounder from a kayak. And so I'm kind of learning like, where are they at? What are they doing? Where they're at on their migration? Um, when not to be able to catch them. So I'm really trying to dial that in. Same way I've been dialing in bass. I'm kind of going the same way with flounder right now. How to, what, what do I need to be targeting when I'm down in the marsh of Texas? What am I looking for? And I remember from last year, it was really just trying to dial in it, like flat spots where I can see a lot, like there's not as much structure underneath uh, where it's all sandy and throwing your lures and filling the bottom of the, uh, on the ground. It's underwater, however you want to say it on the sand, um, really trying to figure out where they might be hiding and hanging out. So flounder are more so like the sand. I know we gig them here a lot, but we don't catch them that much. So whenever we're gigging them, we'll find them like in the shallows on the sand, but that's also at night. Do you find that during the day when you're fishing for them, they like the shallows? So getting out there early in the morning, earlier time, depending on where the tide is, that's going to be where we try to target and see where they may be hanging out at. So yeah, we're going to be finding this sand and, and like, again, like, so you're fishing at night. So we're coming in in the morning and in the evening trying to pay attention. I don't really fish in the kayak when it's pitch black outside. Um, I think that's my scary point in the kayak. I know a lot of men and women who do fish at night in kayaks. But that's one that I'm just not really comfortable doing right now. But I'll get out there early in the morning and I'll stay until sundown. Around sundown is when I have caught flounder more. I don't blame you for not wanting to be there out there at night. Is there what kind of predators do you guys have in the marsh? I haven't seen anything. And on I bet there's some alligators around, but I've never been scared of them. It's more actually boats that scare me. Because boats sometimes just don't pay attention and you're on a kayak. We have our lots. We have everything, you know. I never get in a kayak without having a life jacket on of some sort. That is a big, like, I won't get on it. I will turn around. I will not get in my kayak and get on the water without a life jacket. And that is one is because boats don't ever, like, they don't pay attention all the time. And you can really get hurt. And if you don't have a life jacket on, it, you may, it may be your last trip out on the water. It's crazy to me when I see boaters and they don't slow down for smaller vessels. They don't slow down for paddleboarders or kayakers. And they don't even realize because they're not paying attention, the, even how much the weight affects you on a smaller watercraft like that. Yeah. And I do wish there was more. I wish like in the boating handbook more so they speak more on kayaks and paddle boat or paddle boards uh because it does cause it to be more hazardous for us and i have to pay attention i know when i'm out there i don't listen to too much music on the water because that way i can hear if a boat's coming up behind me so i'm always had to be aware of my surroundings in the in the lakes <laughs> whenever the holidays come is a big time where i i don't like to get on the water just because there is that hazard there but just paying attention life jacket be aware of your surroundings in a kayak at all times. But it's a, I don't want to say that to discourage anybody from getting on the water and being a kayak angler because it's it's awesome. But that is one thing. Always, always, always wear a life jacket. I know some people, they try to look cute and not, they don't want to put a life jacket on. But I'm like, you have to, guys. Like, you're going to get hurt. Those are some great tips and advice, though, because a lot of beginners don't know because maybe they have seen a photo of somebody not wearing one and they think, oh, it's totally fine or this is the norm. But 
I like that you hit on that because safety is such a big element whenever you're on the water. Yeah, especially young anglers starting to learn and get out there and explore. They, I have jumped off into like I was going to get off my kayak to go to the shore, and when I jumped off, mud went up to my up to my thighs, and it was real quick, real fast. And I just kept thinking, I was like, what if I wouldn't have had extra like protection? What if I didn't pay attention? Like there was all these factors that just started going over. And then again, right now we're moving into the cold season. And the same thing, getting out there, if you fall out of your kayak and you've got to flip your kayak back over and you don't have a life jacket on and the wind's blowing, you're in a mess real, real quick. Like I, I'm big on wearing a life jacket. There's just those things that people don't think about is that kayak moving away. You don't have a life jacket on. You have shoes on. You have all these layers on there. It's I'm not going to say it's impossible for you to get back to shore, but it's going to be really, really hard. So it's very, very, very dangerous. I take it really serious. That's scary to think about. And I appreciate you sharing that because it is important for everybody to know with the fun always comes risk and you can still have fun, but play it safe for the safety of yourself and others. Back to the flounder, because I have some good questions on this. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you, <laughs> we got in the safety. I love that. That was so important. But I do want to know some flounder questions because it's getting to that time of year where we could probably go catch some flounder in Florida, too. So as far as their behavior and characteristics, would you call them like feisty? Are they docile? What What's their behavior like in the water? Okay, so they're fun for me because normally I can't. So that's one of the fish that I can judge if it's a flounder or not in the water is because they're ambush. So your lure will be sitting there. And so like shrimp. So I have like, a, it looks like a little shrimp with a weight on the end of it, a little hook. And I'll cast out and kind of pull, like kind of pop it on the bottom, but I'll let it sit for a couple of minutes. So I don't do it too quick because they're ambush. You know, they'll ambush their prey. So, um, you know, that's one thing where I can feel it and it just like sits there for a second. I'm like, it's a flounder. And it's either you just set that hook and start reeling in. But they kind of glide a little bit, which is another kind of cool thought because, you know, other species, redfish is just going to take off like crazy. But flounder, I can feel it like, ah, like I always say, like it's like running away. No, <laughs> but it's like a glide in my line. I'm like, immediately, I know it's a, I know it's a flounder and I start reeling it in. And it's always exciting to see those fish. They're super neat looking, you know, they're their mouth is on the side of their face and so they, and their two eyes on one side. They're just a neat fish, but they're delicious. They're so good. I love flounder. It's probably top five favorite saltwater fish to eat for sure. <laughs> really? Well, how are you, how do you cook them? Uh, well, sometimes we'll just, we'll, we can cook the whole flounder where we've stu stuffed it before when we did, um, we caught redfish and stuffed a flounder with redfish which is delicious. That was probably the best way I've ever eaten it before. But we'll just, you know, skin it out or get the meat out and fry it a lot of the times too. We don't catch them very often. And it seems like any time that I do catch one, it's by accident and pretty much exactly how you just described it. I, I'll be like, you know, uh, fishing with a little shrimp, lose track of my <laughs> my thoughts. And next thing I know, it's just chilling on the bottom and I, I'll feel that hit. And then like you described, just that glide right across the bottom, low glide, but then I never know how to cook them. So I end up just like put, you know, saute them with some butter in the pan, but I always see people stuffing them. So that is good to know that the redfish is the ultimate combo. 
I will, man, now I'm like, okay, so we're going to have to come back because not cooking them. It's hard to describe how to do it, but how we cut it up. I'm going to have to do a video on it and show y'all how we stuff it because it was the best way because we just, oh, man, I wish I had a video to show y'all right now of how we did that red or when we did the redfish flounder. But yeah, we stuffed it. We we kept a lot of the um, the fins and everything, the whole the whole way. We got we, man, there's a whole bunch to it. I can't describe how like yeah, we took a spoon to it and cleaned it up real well, and then we stuffed it. But and we got we had to cut the bones out of it, but we kept it all together. I just need to show y'all a video. Well, I know myself and our listeners will be following along to see that video because that sounds interesting and really helpful for us that don't know how to cook them. <laughs> it is good. I will get a video. You had mentioned that you use shrimp. Do you always use live bait or do you ever go further, like target them with lures? So actually, so what I was saying with the shrimp, it was actually a lure. So I, I am more, oh, I okay. use more lures than fresh. Uh, and I'll use a popping cork with like a uh, gulp shrimp on the bottom of it too. Uh, Chicken Boy is one that I'm a big fan of that I use his stuff, Chicken Boy. And it's just little lures too. But gulp shrimp always, of course, is a go-to when it comes to lures. I do, I actually fish more lures than live bait that um, live bait, something that I'm learning, which you would almost think that would be the vice versa. You know, most people start off with a worm with bass fishing. Well, me with saltwater, I've really only done just about only done lures than fresh, like fish and shrimp and such. So you did it the hard way first. So live bait should be a breeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've used some live bait and like kayak fishing down in Panama where, you know, we're catching, we have a big bonita and we, put a hook through it and drop it down which is so weird to me where the bait's moving and I'm like what do I do like it is so different for me because I am used to that lure like I'm the action in that lure tricking the fish trying to make it think it's something yummy and then I got them and you seem just from interviewing like super bubbly and full of great energy so I know that for myself personally I love just getting into the action because it's entertaining at the same time yeah, that's when uh, when people talk about kiddos, I always tell them, I was like, there you get those spinner with them. So that because kids want to constantly move and people kind of deter like they don't want to use lures. I'm like, you really should, because sitting there with a worm, they're like, come on, mom, like they don't want to. Yeah. But if you have some kind of lure where they can bounce it across the ground, like or I uh, say Texas, Texas rig with bass fish and let a kid Texas rig because they're able to like move it as much as they want. And that action might be what the fish really does want rather than the worm just sitting there too. Same way with saltwater for me. I'm like, are you sure it wants this? Like, can I just jiggle, like jig it a little bit, move it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's special. You know, you have that special little twist because I've been fishing right next to somebody before and they've got just that pattern down that the fish are eating up and I can't catch a fish or it's the opposite way around where it does matter who's holding the rod and how they're moving it. Yes. And I fish in a boat with like my dad and my boyfriend and there is times that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag again on myself or I'm killing it. They're not catching anything. And they're like, what were you using? I'm like, I'm using this right here. And they're like, well, you're not even fishing that rod. I'm like, catching fish though like <laughs> so a lot of times i'll do i mean i'll be i'll fish something different than they are and then they're they're looking over wanting to know what i'm doing what i'm how i'm doing it they'll switch over and they're still not catching and i am so 
I love the hype and I love that you mentioned that because so often I think new anglers get really into their head about, oh, am I doing this right? Is it perfect? And it doesn't have to be perfect. You can put your own little spin on things and test different things. And who knows, one day the fish might like it one way and the next day they might be interested in something else. So it's always a learning experience. Yes, it is. And that I, I love that you said that because I have had people say, you know, I don't know how to work that lure or that rod. Or I'm like, hey, just do what feels comfortable. Because when I'm doing even a spinner, you know, spinning, people are like, you're just supposed to constantly reel it. And I'm like, sometimes I'll like pull a little fast, reel, pull a little fast, reel. And people are looking at me like, that's not how you're supposed to. I'm like, you just wait. You're about to see me catch a fish too. Like every time somebody doubts the way I do something, I'm like, thank you. I'm going to catch a fish now. <laughs> like, but yeah, just get comfortable and have fun with it. Don't think too much about it. Cause when you're thinking too much about it, a lot of times you're going to lose a fish thinking, what could I do different rather than just paying attention to your pattern already? That's so good. Be in the moment, not in your head. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not to pry too much into your secrets, but do you have a specific color shrimp that you like to use? I know they come in a variety of colors. I kind of stick to the chartreuse and white. I'm, uh, those are the colors I say too. With that, with, I use those. That's probably the only color I use. Even with red fishing, trout, and flounder, I really stick to chartreuse and white. That's good to know because I was thinking in my mind, like the, the typical brown shrimp color or maybe even a little silver shrimp to mix it up but I'm guessing the flounder with their like you said they attack they must like those bright colors yeah that it's it's been working for me <laughs> well good for you thanks for sharing that with us I know sometimes people don't like to share their colors but that's awesome info to have on hand and as far as how you're fishing for these flounder, are you drift fishing? Are you like trying to find, you had mentioned before they like the sand, so not necessarily structure, but is there a certain pattern or tide that you're looking for? So whenever I'm, I, this is down in Galveston, Texas is where I'll be. And there's like the marshy area. We're in the channel. And so whenever I, I'll be looking and I pay attention to like, so where the water meets the marsh, I pay attention to like, what does that look like? Does that look like clay? Does that look like sand? And that's where, and then coming into some of the channels going into the marsh, I know that there's going to be flounder hanging out in that sandy area waiting for fish to come back through, the, come through those little channels, like the little creeks or I don't know what you would call that in the ocean. Let's say like creeks going up, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> but like the little channels going up into the marsh, um, those, uh, that's where I know the flounder is sitting. So if I do a popping cork, which I know everybody's like, that's cheating, but it's always fun to throw a popping cork out there and pop a couple of times and see if anything's around there. Or I will just use like a little shrimp with a weight on the end, uh, the gulp shrimp and cast over there and kind of pop it across just to see what's going in. I just go real slow. I am not a quick like bam, bam, bam. Okay, I'm moving. It's more like slow. And I just kind of wait to see because like I said, they're waiting, they're looking and they're going to ambush. If you move it, then there you might, you might miss that bot that you didn't even know you're going to get. So real slow, enjoy your time. Look at the birds, have a great time, just slow fish, enjoy it and just enjoy it. Soak in the environment and nature. And you gave us a wonderful um, idea of how to ID the locations they're at by giving us the, the marshy areas and the little creeks or whatever they are. Do you typically anchor or drift for them in those areas? I'm really glad you said that because I was just thinking about that a lot. So I have what they call like a stakeout stick, but having some kind of way to anchor, 
you do need to pay attention because if the current is kind of ripping or however. But um, I have a stakeout stick that I'm able to, it's just a long stick that I stick in the dirt <laughs> or the sand. Uh, that's a lot of the ways that I do it is sit there and cast uh, and those will open those mouths of the, the marsh. I'll sit there and cast at it and just stay right there. Sometimes I'll just kind of let my boat or my kayak kind of drift around in the channel around the around the marshy area and I'll be casting. But a lot of times I'll sit there because, again, I don't want to move too quick with flounder just because I know what they're doing. They're sitting there. They're waiting. And I can't just go too fast over them. I'm going to miss them. Okay. I can see that. You want to go nice and slow for them because they're they're probably stalking your shrimp for like five minutes before they go for it. But yeah. They're, they're waiting for a minute. Do it. Uh-huh. Yep. You got to trick them. Got to make them think it's real and it's not. <laughs> I can't wait to know what are your personal experiences and stories on catching flounder from kayak? Do you have any like those memories that are just like, oh, yes, that was that was the trip? Well, I have one that me and my boyfriend, I'm still to this day. He doesn't know that. I mean, he had a feeling I told him I wasn't mad, but I am big mad (laughs) because (laughs) we were fishing and. I had, and I I actually thought it was a stingray because of how big this thing was. I'm, and I'm going to show you with my arms. It was probably like this big. It was giant. (laughs) It was so big. So I cast everything and it was, I was like, it's a flounder. And then I'm like, nah, because it's like going fast. And I'm not sure. I was like, I think it's a stingray, babe. He's like, okay, I'll come over. And so he's in his kayak and he he kayaks over there. And this thing comes up and it is massive. I've never seen it. I'm like, it's a flounder. <laughs> so he's trying to get his net. And his net, it, I mean, we put big reds in this net. I mean, it's a big net. And this fish would not get in it. And we we kept trying and it would not fit in the net. And But Rob, my boyfriend, he got closer. And when he did, that flounder went under his kayak and broke off. No. <laughs> It was so <laughs> devastating. I was so sad. But he was like, he looked at me, he was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> like, I was just not okay. It broke my heart because it's the biggest thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen one that big ever. I've always heard stories about giant flounder and I caught one. And unfortunately, I lost that one. That's the one that got away. <laughs> I can relate to that heartbreak slash anger feeling where you're just like you just keep reliving it in your mind like how it could have went different yes for now on, i'm like get away don't come close i love you i do love you but i'm gonna need you to move that one's the one that really sticks out like it's not the best story but it's a funny one but i've caught some other flounders before but that one's the one that when i think about a good flounder story i'm like the one that got away <laughs> Well, hopefully he's out there getting even bigger for you to go catch him in the future and get him and land him. You had mentioned that you guys had a net. Is there any other gear or equipment that might be important to have on hand when you're targeting flounder from a kayak? Making sure you have a big enough net for sure. Uh, So I usually, on my kayak, I do carry like three different setups. So like I think having different setups ready to go whenever you're you're kayak fishing for trout because, or uh, for flounder, because, you know, you're you're trying to figure out their patterns. So I usually have like three different setups on uh, while I'm counting, like where I have like a popping cork, I'll have some kind of lure with like a little lead weight at the end of it. Um, Not lead, but weight, a little bit of weight. Um, And then... uh, 
what is that? There's one other setup I'll do too. Where oh, just like a weightless flute type deal, just to just add a little bit of something different, different presentation. Uh, make sure you have some way to tie it off to your kayak because you're going to be dangling these off your kayak unless you want to put it on ice in your kayak. But a lot of times we do have them just tied off to the side of our kayak. No, that's really it. Um, you know, some good pliers is always important because they do have a lot of teeth and they'll hurt you. <laughs> but it's pretty simple. You just need to go out with some gulp shrimp and cast a few times at the marshy area and the sandy area. And I believe anybody can do it. It's a really fun way to catch them, especially from the kayak. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to going out and trying. And I have a kayak that my brother just recently gave me. It's not a fishing kayak, but I think it will work. And I'm looking forward to going out and trying some of these techniques here. And I'm anticipating to make some adjustments being in Florida, but you've already given so much helpful information that at least I know where to start. Good. And getting out there early in the morning or doing it later in the evening is going to increase your chances of catching them because this is like thinking about how animals when I'm out there and seeing the birds, I feel like if you're trying to catch them in the middle of the day, they're they're not going to be up there shallow like you're wanting them to be. They're going to be in deeper water trying to get away from some of those predators. So I early in the morning or a fish that sunset is where you're going to be able to get the most the, the most fish. That's good to know. You've given us such great information. Is there any other helpful tips or advice you can share with our listeners that you can think of? Pay attention to the season because the migration on flounder kind of changes and there is like gaps. So like in Texas, it's kind of a weird little area where you cannot keep them. And some people don't know and they'll go down there thinking they can keep it. But there's like a migration that happens and like from November 1st until like December 5th, like it's a weird kind of gap. You can't keep them because they're not you're they're coming into May and go back out to sea. And that is like a no, no time. So paying attention to your limits, pay attention to the season, make sure you're in season, be able to keep the flounder. Don't overkeep them. That's what happens when uh, there is fisheries that are suffering really bad from taking too many fish. Um, so if you enjoy it, you love it. We got to protect it no matter what. Uh, life jackets, big thing, too. Like I kind of preached on that for a second. Um those are the big things with flounder is just that they took a hard hit a few years back. And that's why we've had to really in Texas, we had to get kind of stricter on our regulations. But to grow it to where we can have a ton of fish for everybody, we have to be we have to be smart about what we keep and how we take care of these fish. And that's the other thing, taking care of the fish, getting it back in the water. If you do catch it off season so they can go off and uh, spawn, have more babies uh, so we can catch them. That's the that's really, really important to me is making sure we take care of these fish. That's so important. Thank you for sharing that. Respecting the fish, respecting the fishery, making sure to check in with your rules and regulations no matter where you're located and be safe. Yes, be safe and and teach your kids the safety too. Awesome. I love that. Do you have any upcoming trips planned or any events going on lately? So really, it's just getting down to the coast. Like That's my next goal. I'm hoping to get down there next in the next month or so and do some red fishing, flounder, uh, trout fishing, really, in the Texas coast. That's my goal right now is to get back down there. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to follow along with that. I know our listeners can't either. We definitely want to see that recipe, by the way. So you'll be sure to make us a video on that. Can you shout out your socials so we can follow along? So I have Southern Bell Fishing Texas, and that's on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. 
Awesome. I'll be sure to give you a follow. I know I got you on Instagram so far, but I do not have you on Facebook. So that'll be my next ad. And we here at Team Salt Life and we're so happy to have you on and get all this helpful information on the Above and Below podcast for our listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I love being part of the team. It means a lot to me. So I appreciate everything y'all do for me. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Naira, bye, girl. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.